Welcome to the Dare to Move podcast. I'm your host, Garrett Wood, and I inspire you to take action with stillness, let go of chaos, and step into your future self on this podcast. We have special, high-performing guests each week who share mindset tips and their spirituality, helping us all prepare to be the best we can be for our future. Let's dare to move. Welcome back to the Dare to Move podcast. I could not be more excited about today's episode. I know I say that every time, you guys, but every time has a unique meaning. Every episode I do is intentional. And as you probably know by now, as we are almost at the two-year mark, I quote, do this, Alexander listening is going to laugh, because it's part of my purpose. It's it's my passion. I adore having meaningful conversations with people who can help others, who can expand the minds of others, and be examples of what's possible uh, on many interesting topics. So very recently, you heard from a high performer uh, who is a female fighter pilot. Last Wednesday, Major Michelle Curran was on and We talked a lot about inspiring others, and that's a theme on this podcast. As you know, if you've been tuning in this year, that this year, while we have focused on high performers, a lot of this year has been focused on stillness and the journey within before we go out and do things. So we've talked about um, proving, we've talked about being versus doing and a lot of those lessons and in many of the solo casts I spent the summer and early fall doing (laughs) uh, disseminating however we want to say and trying to avoid saying the word doing uh, all those topics were inspired by my coach and you're about to hear from her and I could have chosen many titles for the two the two-part episode you are going to be hearing today and tomorrow but Cosmic Law and Divine Purpose really came up for me, and I realized as I wrote the title, I actually chose the title when I was working on part two, and as I chose the title and I hit save, I watched the, I was waiting for Untitled Draft to flip over to that title, and I realized I had stopped at four minutes, 44 seconds, and 0.444. And I was like, of course, that is my sign. I will be absolutely sticking with this title. And, you know, I didn't intend on having that be the title, but Alexandra mentions Cosmic Law and she, throughout the two hours you're going to be hearing from her, mentions many, many teachers, some of whom we have talked about on this podcast. So Joe Dispenza, for instance, is one of them. We've talked about the levels of consciousness that she so eloquently taught me and um, discusses in the next two days. So I hope that you can find space to really be with this recording and pause it when you need to. There's a lot here. And today, I think the biggest thing you're going to take away is just who she is, her energy, her vibration, what she cares about. And we go out real far and go out really, really high level to start with. But as we work into part two tomorrow, we bring it back to a lot more specific examples of of these topics and teachings as they apply to lessons in my life that have been 
occurring and, and transpiring and guided by Alexandra over the last six months. And so I just... Alexandra to me is my, she uses the word goddess a lot and she's taught me a lot about what that means, especially to through constellational work, like what it means to be a queen and all of these things. But to me, she's like my cosmic big sister. She has a lot of mother energy, but, but in so many ways I see her as a, um, a version of myself, like looking in the mirror. She has very deep roots in the fitness industry. She is very much a teacher, <laughs> and you can tell that by the way she talks and explicates and, and all of these things. And um, she's been one of the biggest expanders in my life. And so I'm very excited for you guys to hear from her. Before we do, I want to read you her formal bio because this episode does not follow any charted path. One of the things I do mention, tiny spoiler alert later on, is that I had made some literally like scribbles, like a map. And what's really interesting as I looked back on those scribbles is it was more of a spiral, of course. And as I thought of topics while she was talking and then prior to recording with her, it was like she was channeling those points and just hitting on everything I wanted to talk. So you're going to notice that I don't say much. I asked like maybe three or four questions and she just takes it and goes exactly where I would have wanted her to go, guiding her. And of course, she's my guide. So she didn't need me. But I'm going to read you just a little bit about her. And I think if I were to selfishly have any sort of takeaway or underlying message that I want my listeners whom I care so much about to take um, away is I want you to understand that having a guide is a totally different mindset shift than having a coach who is selling you a strategy. Do I believe there uh, is a time and a place for a mastermind? Sure. Um, I think you should look at your human design chart before you do a mastermind, uh, but that's another topic for another time. Uh, but the one thing that um, we really kick off tomorrow's episode with is about how this trend of seven steps to seven figures and all of these strategies that I'm selling you to do this thing is, is, is the old way and it's not genuine or authentic to you. So if this podcast, the Dare to Move podcast and all of our discussions about stillness work this year has led you to a knowing that you are looking for some type of a guide or coach in your life, she will give you some very good she will be, just her being is an example of what you really should, I hate to say should, but uh, what you should look for versus um, the tactics that people sell. Like Alexandra basically, not forced me, but basically said, look, don't sign up with me if you're looking to like become a published author. Don't sign up with me to for some outcome that, that you think you want because you can't know that yet. And um I remember going to Jeff and saying, I just know. Like, I just know I need to work with her. I just know. And he kind of irked him. And I know we talked about that in the most recent episode called Make Your Life Better with um, my beloved Surfer Cuz. But what, or as Alexander would say, and I was pushed to reevaluate everything that I thought I wanted because a lot of those desires were from old patterns and old ways. And she said, look, we don't know how amazing and beautiful 
our work together. We don't know what it, what it is. We don't know what we're co-creating yet. And, um, and, and yet here I am recording this from my own beautiful office in a brand new home that, um, I never imagined living in pregnant. Um, and when we spoke, she was like, she kind of tipped me off that. She's like, I think you want to be pregnant more than anything. So anyway, here we go. I'm going to read about her because I think she deserves, you know, she deserves an hour of me just talking about how amazing she is, but this bio will give you a little bit more insight to who she is. So Alexandra Joy Smith is a divine light channel and intuitive soul guide devoted to all things mystical. She lives the truth that you are goddess and that when you align to the goddess frequency, your life becomes a symphony of surrender into the wonder of the divine order of the universe. Her very active mind spent over 40 years getting trained and certified in transformational and spiritual methodologies. She has spent days and days in workshop land, participating in a plethora of spiritual retreats led by very well-known teachers and meditating at sacred sites worldwide. It is through her degree in psychology, certifications with everyone, and in everything from quantum physics to neuroscience, biological evolution to attachment theory, NLP, ontological philosophy, meditation, and optimal wellness that she has come to the most crucial insight. Her life and work is a devotional practice to the divinely mystical. She is the founder of Find Your Shine, Cosmic Queen, and You Are Goddess programs, and is working on her first book to be released in 2021. She currently resides in her haven in the San Francisco area with her four gurus, her beautiful husband, and three gorgeous children. So that is a little bit more about Alexandra. And as you all know, I'm sorry I'm taking 10 minutes here to intro her, but it's just... I just feel so strongly about her. I have so many thoughts. Um, As you know, I typically give a little bit of a background on how I connected with my guest. At this point, you know she's my coach, but I want to give a tiny bit of backstory as to how we met because I always find that part of the story so interesting and I always do that. So um, Alexandra and I were both uh, selected as um, coaches on the Move With platform in early 2017. We were the sort of original coaches on the platform. And I have spoken about this before, but that was the platform that got me into meditation. And my mom, who is always my number one fan, of course, picked up Move With, was like, I'll try it, I'll do your workouts, and she kind of got into exploration mode and found the category on the app, which was called Life Talks, and Alexandra was basically the coach doing Life Talks, and her talks were, you know, a, a for, a, a, what's the word, a sample of her work and who she is. And so after about, gosh, so 2017, probably end of 2017 is when she, my mom started really adapting the app. I want to say maybe early 2018 were the life talks. And then by the end of 2018, she was like, I'm doing it. I'm working with Alexandra. And so she began working with Alexandra. And I joked throughout 2019 that my mom was Laura 2.0 because she made some major shifts in her life that led to 
job promotions, like little things that were silly things on the surface, like that you never want to attribute life coaching to, but it sort of just happened. So like a new car, my mom finally got a, sorry for the, my mom, I know you're open about this, but um, finally got the breast reduction that she had wanted her whole life because of serious back pain. She was spending time and energy on herself. She was able to confront her truest feelings about her life partner about and about marriage and kind of the end of working with Alexandra culminated in this beautiful trip to St. Lucia, which if you followed me on Instagram, you remember where she had a very intimate, beautiful ceremony um, with my now stepdad. So I witnessed all of this and my mom kept saying, you know, Alexandra can feel your energy. She can feel your presence in my life. And she always says she's going to work with you at some point. And I was working with one of my other badass coaches at the time. And I was like, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe. And um, it wasn't until April 18th that I went to a virtual retreat for spiritual immunity led by Alexandra. My mom and I attended together. My mom actually gifted me the um, virtual retreat. It was like a four-hour retreat um, during during lockdown, during quarantine. And I knew in that, um, watching her teach, I was like, this is this is it. So going back to what I said about not understanding or not, not being able to explain to Jeff, like why I was going to work with Alexandra, but that I just knew part of my, uh, coming up with an example for him was just to say, you know what? She will help me become a better teacher, a better version of the teacher within me. And that's one thing I can tell you. Um, obviously, there's been many radical shifts and you guys are going to hear some of the deepest, darkest things and, and most powerful things that um, she's helped me uncover and repattern in my life. And so without further ado, I'm sorry for rambling so long, but I just feel so strongly about her and, and her work. I am so excited to introduce to you today part one of a two-part episode with my guide, my intuitive soul guide, Alexandra Joy Smith. And we're both in pink. We are both in pink. And the quote I'm about to read is uh, pink. So this is a quote you sent me uh, October 28th when we were talking about this interview. And the quote is uh, by you, and it is, you are nothing less than a total phenomena, an ev evolutionary space, time event of experience. And I've had to sit with that for the last however many days. It's so powerful. So I'd love your take on that. That requires breathing to give you my take on that. A lot of <laughs> a lot of uh, breathing into the channel, the belly. Because it it's it's a you know, what is a quote? It's a group of words put together that, that creates some kind of experience for someone, right? Other than the person, because if it, if, if the group of words just created an experience for the person coming up with the words that they're putting together, then it wouldn't be a quote. It, I mean, it wouldn't be shared, put it that way. So I think that particular group of words um, was my way of putting in a in words a defining almost like meaningful experiential um way of communicating who we really are which is you know my as you know my other quote i all i take 
you know, I, I say is that we are spiritual beings in a human body, not a, not a body having a spiritual experience. We are a spiritual being having a human experience, that, which is Deschardins quote. And the other one that you read, which I don't have it in front of me because I don't even think I could repeat it, um, communicates almost his quote in another way which is mm -hmm. that we are of the cosmos. We are of what the stars are made of. We are that which seems ineffable, which you talk about, but we are that which we seek and talk about, you know, for, I mean, let's go back a little bit in, or lots of, lots of years in history, you know, man's or woman's, in my case, I like to say woman's, um, you know, core essential, uh, yearning is to understand purpose as it relates to life and living. Like, why am I alive? What's the point? Why am I here? You know, it's beyond just like this more identity-based, like what am I here to do? But it's like, why am I here? The why of it. And we talk about it and investigate and inquire into that question for the most part as if it's outside of ourselves having a conversation about the why, but we are the why. We are whatever your belief system is, God, the infinite, the universe, source, her, Sophia, him, you know, whatever the higher power, whatever that, that conversation, that words that you attach to that, which we really are. That's, that's what that quote, um, read it again. Cause I, I, I don't want to keep talking about it without a reread. You are nothing less than a total phenomena, an evolutionary space time event of experience. So you are nothing short of a total phenomena, an evolutionary space time event. So the you that you are, the I that I think I am, or the we that we are, is this like culmination of coming together of energies, because as I explain, my, my seven cosmic laws that are the basis of all my uh, play in the world, which I don't call my, I don't call it work. I call it my play. Um, as you know, you know, we are energy. We are all energy, all that. And, and, and everything is energy, including us. And that energy at the, uh, in IT, I, I guide um, when I have this conversation in, in the, in the play, in the work, I guide from this place that, you know, we're starting out as energy and then that energy gets more and more condensed or more dense and, and, and actually culminates in a space time event. So you can locate it. So it's the same thing as like, if you, you know, reach out and touch your computer right now or, or the chair you're sitting on, that is density at a space time event. We are less dense but we are this culmination of energy into one space-time event. How do we know that? Because I can right now, you know, have this conversation and I am looking at our screen, I can see you. So from all I know, you exist and that's the space-time event. Yet um, in, in higher levels of consciousness, I can go, wait, that's what the beauty of meditation and, you know, you know, I often call it floating, even though I'm anchored, but I can go into these realms, which is why there's such a, a, a draw for people to be using plant medicine and all that, because we're being called 
more than um, other times in history, I believe right now in this space-time event that what we're going through to actually um, access these other realms. Um, and again, what's funny, and I'm gonna, I wanna circle back and then you can tell me if I'm making any sense because you gave me a really big whopping one to get to open with. Um, we're talking about something and looking for something that we are. It's hilarious. <laughs> it is so funny because you are the very thing that you're looking to find me for. You are your why. Why mm. are you here? Because you are a phenomena. You are the energy that creates worlds. Mm -hmm. And it, you, you're here to exercise that. You know, the seventh cosmic law that, that I guide from is that your ultimate why is here to exercise and utilize and play with your uh, sourceful creatorship. Mm -hmm. You are a sorceress. You are a sorceress. You are a source of life and living as mm -hmm. that space-time mm -hmm. event, as that phenomena that you are. Okay, so did that, <laughs> that enough <laughs> on that? In case you didn't know, or perhaps you forgot, I'm pregnant and I'm hungry all the time. I don't know if that's because I'm having a boy or if it's because I'm just, my truest self is coming out in this pregnancy. I'm, I've always been a person that lives on the hungrier side, but nevertheless, I have found something that's helping me curb my appetite. Not that I'm not trying to feed myself, but that I know I'm getting nourished without overdoing it. Prior to trying the Isogenics Vanilla Chai plant-based and metal-tested protein powder, I would eat a protein bar in the morning, usually an RX bar, and then I would want eggs or breakfast tacos by like nine and then a snack and then lunch and then a snack and then maybe another snack and then dinner. So the most interesting thing happened when I was testing this product. I had a pro, uh, an Isogenics protein bar that was new mom approved from their new mom bundle, which is linked in the show notes at about 6 a.m. when I had my coffee. Then at about 10 a.m., I was not hungry until 10, 10.30 maybe, I made oatmeal with their immunity blend and their vanilla chai plant-based protein powder. I could not believe it. At one o'clock, Jeff was like, are you hungry for lunch? And I, I like didn't realize that I hadn't eaten. And I was like, I'm going to go on a walk really quick. So I ended up not eating until about three o'clock that day, which is so unlike me. I had had enough calories because in my oatmeal, I also put an egg. I also put chia seed. I also put flax seed. I also put almond milk. I also put avocado and I also put maple syrup plus the protein powder. So don't worry, mama is fed. <laughs> but I wasn't feeling the constant hunger, which to me was a sign of I am nourished and my baby is nourished. So I wanted to link the new mom bundle that I bought from Isogenics in the show notes. And then if you're not really amped about buying a whole package of goodies, I just also linked the protein powder. So check the show notes for my favorite plant-based protein powder. And also take note that this is gluten-free, it is soy-free, it is dairy-free, and it has been tested for metals. A lot of protein powders, even some I won't name, but that are on the shelves at Whole Foods have come out to have tested positive for metals. And thank you to Max Lugavere for tipping me off to that years ago. So check out this protein powder if you're looking for one to keep you full and that tastes really good. Blend it in a protein shake or in your oatmeal. Now back to the show. Oh, one more thing. This is pre and post natal certified for moms and breastfeeding moms. So you definitely want to check this one out. Now back to the show.
Yes. I think for me, I can sit here and say yes, yes, and yes, and, and yes, and have a million more questions. And I think my goal of sitting down with you is to help break that down in the most con, you know consolidated way that we can for the listeners who haven't been working with you as I have. And what's really cool, um, and one of the things I, I want to kind of segue into before my normal script, because I knew there would really be no script with you, um, is something you said to me pretty early on in our work, which pertains to this, which is, um, you know, first, first, just to back up a little, you know, I came to you because I just knew I didn't have a, I didn't have a set goal. I didn't have like, this is, I, I need these three steps. And I was looking at your website today and you literally disclaim, you're like, if you're looking for steps or tips or methodologies or strategies, you will not like my work. And it was true because I wasn't looking for that. But one of the things well, that you- Well, I actually, what I say is I have plenty of people I could recommend in my Rolodex if you're looking for that. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's yeah. just not the level of where I play and exactly. where the power of my um, contribution lies. Correct. And one of the things you said to me early on, because I was working through the patterns of, you know, one plus one equals two. And like you say, like matter to matter and really moving through proving, uh, which we're going to talk about today, you were explaining to me that the plant medicine experience and how these people will go have this experience with ayahuasca or whatever it is. And then you were like, their brain gets blown open and then they have no idea of how to then implement that or take that and, and be that, even though that is really who they are. And so the experience that we're having together and the journey we're having that you're guiding me on is to, in your words, build the scaffolding so that when I get the aha, it comes in, it lands on something that I can hold, if that makes sense. So I would love for you to kind of speak on that a little bit. Yeah. And I'll take your, your, your guidance. Cause you know, I could speak on that for probably three hours. We'd be here for three <laughs> hours. So, um, keep me, keep me, uh, <laughs> keep, I don't know, keep me, keep me uh, specific. If you, if, you know, if I could find a word. So first, or sh I should say second, I want to thank you, um, for the honor and the privilege it is to be someone who, uh, gets to see your soul and that you've allowed in, because that's what I do. I see soul and I see spirit moving through a soul. I, I rarely, uh, I'm always confused. And I, I think identities as Gary Zukov says so beautifully in seat of the soul, you know, your identity, if used by your purpose, that's an empowered life, that's authentic power. So, and, and by, by again, fundamental purpose, which he doesn't from memory really talk about fundamental purpose is to exercise your creatorship. And then inside of that, as the density goes, you do actually have something specifically here as a divine essence to fulfill on. That's that's all Garrett. And that's what we have been excavating um, and peeling back the onion and creating for you since the moment we got on the phone, right? Like you, you'd agree that it, and it kind of feels probably, it feels like not morbidly, but kind of like brain surgery, right? Cause we're, it's really excavating the mind and we mm -hmm. can get in more into how the mind plays yeah, big question. Um, as it's, um, as our, our, our biggest friend, our biggest enemy, you know, our foe and our friend. Um, so to answer your question, uh, to kind of go back, to go forward, um, I'm going to have to use my deep 
breath belly to make sure we're, we're grounded here. Um, The play that, that we're up to as, as souls right now, all of us, and by that, and, and you know, whether you, whether you know this or not, whether you're at the level of consciousness, second cosmic law to third, all energy carries information. Your life is a reflection of the energy coding, per se, the energy information that you are a container are capable to see to experience to hold as you know the brain only sees filters out 80 percent of what is in front of you our visual centers only see 20 percent now i could take you through a whole process of why that's so okay but just just accept that that's neuroscience that's not you know woo woo stuff so when someone has, so right now we are, we are being called upon to lift our levels of consciousness in a way that we can see more. And a lot of people are having literally mind blowing blowouts because what's happening on the planet does not follow some kind of linear of what people knew in their 20% of reality, um, which is where they were living hundred percent of their lives. And the joke, what do I always say? The joke is, is that the only thing we know for sure is what? What do we know? What do, could we be the most certain about? Our breath. No, there's no certainty. Mm, nothing. That's we could. There's that's what we could be certain about. If you want to be certain about something, and you need something to be certain about, be certain about that. There's no certainty. And and you know, that's what we're as a collective, that's what's being tested right now. So, so back to your original question, you know, when people go for these, and, and I feel like as a collective, there's a certain population that is being drawn to actually seeking and in, in the kind of like corporate environment or whatever, it's called disruption, you know, more, more Silicon Valley word, but it's like, they want to disrupt the same old, same old in, in how they've gone about doing, being and having, because they know on some level, either they saw their parents not fulfilled or they know on some level that it isn't like the, the, the pot of gold at the end of that rainbow or something is not the promise that they thought it was. Now, I'm, I see a lot of like millennials doing plant medicine kind of for this reason. And it's like they want another way. Now, what happens is when you do it, when you're not when you're physically, because we're here in a body, remember we're souls here in a body to have a human, to have a human experience, because we started out spiritual, we're spiritual with a human body. And if their bodies aren't ready for the kind of ahas, the seeing that happens, and basically what happens, you kind of get portaled out into better way, you know, like an astral plane. And there's, there's levels of consciousness, which you can also map to your chakras, to your energy centers, whether you believe in that stuff or not, you know, it's, we know that there's energy centers. We know that there's seven energy dash chakras in the body. You can test it. There's science research, you know, scientific research to prove it. So if you are looking for that type of experience, if your energy centers, which are all little brains in the body, the seven, they're all parts of the overall engine of the body. They're engines within the engine. 
if you have lack of, of total integration in each one of those and you quote unquote, I've seen it happen so many times, like that person has that experience and they like, they'll even say things like, oh my gosh, I saw God or I met Jesus or I met Buddha or I, you know, I had the most transcendent experience. And then they, they come back quote unquote to their lives. They didn't have what was necessary inside of their internal structures, dash chakras, um, dash energy centers to support the seeing so that what they saw actually can get moved through them and then become their life. So here's an example, specifically. There's some, I don't remember what it is, hilarious, very cute percentage of men uh, who, and it's like above 60, 70% who pass out uh, in the birthing room. So they, they see the baby come through. There's just that moment, there's a crowning, the baby comes through. Uh, as in, you know, comes out of the, the, the wife, the girlfriend, the partner, the, the, the mother, and the, uh, the, the partner passes out. And the reason why that happens is because they're, they're touching. I call it, I call it actually sitting at the, the hem of her. Like they're having this divine moment of wonder that their bodies, it's like it blows them out. The wonder of existence. If you're not ready for it, you'll, you'll pass out. <laughs> you'll blow yourself out. You know, when, when astronauts and um, there's a conspiracy theory about this, but when astronauts, you know, have their, I think it's a moon, I think they call it the moonshot, but when they shoot out into the universe and look back, apparently it's the most transmutation, transformative filled, one of those moments, it's a blowout of their systems because they are somehow in a, in a different alternate time space, because they are an alternate time space reality, looking back and they are seen with wonder. So there's a lot of these moments which are kind of like um, blips on the screen. What I'm interested in and what my teachers are interested in, because these are the teachers that I find, because by the way, you can have these moments through deep meditation. I'm interested in having them through um, deep dropping in, deep meditation, and I have had them um, where where I have them, but but can integrate them into my system. So I'm living in those states of wonder while mm -hmm. I'm, you know, making pancakes for my kids. You know, I call share with you. It's like my heaven because. Because heaven on earth, like I wish like the culture and our like, even having to say it, it's like, we just need to live it. We need mm -hmm. to move from saying, well, it's heaven on earth as if, as if it's like a bumper sticker and something to like teach people versus like living from mm -hmm. heaven on earth. And you know, when your baby's born, you will have moments. I'm not going to say it's, I've had three. It's not all unicorns and bunny tails and moments of wonder the whole time, because that's what because that's the beauty of life and living in this experience is that it's, it's the workshop for our souls to experience and, you know, to roll our sleeves up, to get dirty, to, to eat chocolate, to have, a, you know, amazing experience, to love your partner and have amazing intimate sex. And, you know, all those things are why we came as far as I've been told and felt into, there is no chocolate in the, in the higher dimensions. <laughs> you want the experience of like chocolate mousse, one of my favorite things, especially if you can make it um, with cacao and do it the, the like, 
more whatever way. Um, I mean, you know, it's why we came. Making pancakes for my kids is actually why I came. And by the way, I have had to get to that. I am someone who took, it's taken a long time. It's taken 35 plus years of a lot of, of study and methodologies and transformation and learning this and NLP and philosophy and quantum physics, like all these things, which I still love that I did. And I still love my mind got to be used for what it's supposed to be used for, which is the servant of the soul versus the master of the soul. So I'm, I'm, I am holding strong beyond intention, like declaration that we as a collective can trust all the breakdowns that we're in right now and know that we are ready for what is to come. But back to your original question that you just asked, we each, while we're in this soul school, this soul um, training camp, I, I would say in 2020, it's been like a soul boot camp <laughs> that, that we have to be integrating and getting more and more into our bodies mm -hmm. versus trying to find experiences to take us more outside of our, our bodies mm -hmm. to experience the divine. Yeah. You are the divine. And each one of your energy centers is the divine and part of the overall engine of the divine as a spiritual being here in the body. Does that, does that translate to yeah. really long answer? It was amazing. Really long answer. <laughs> I think that's perfect because it sets us up for all the other things that I want to talk about today and, and you giving background on your school of thought, what you believe, what you teach, how you live, and all those things that I've been guided to as well are so important to me and really life-changing. And I think the biggest thing about heaven on earth and to kind of give the listeners who know me a little bit of background on just, because they've, they've heard all the stories, they've heard Jeff and I talk on this podcast and have updates on what's going on that like, you know, when my sort of big aha, like kind of big manifestation recently of, of kind of finding my dream house and realizing it could happen, I got knocked in like in the teeth. <laughs> my teeth fell out and you, you were got like knocked in the head. Yes. Literally knocked you in the like, head. You had to be knocked in the head to get grounded, to ground the experience that this is real and that it, it heaven on earth is real. And, and it, it's a way to, um, I think you said once, uh, make your life a living devotion to something that is real. And, um, and obviously that like the other stuff I was going through taps into worthiness, which we'll get to today. But I think the, the notion that we are not always prepared for, like, as you would say, the mystery and the wonder is why this work is, is important. And, um, and breath work and being in our bodies is the big thing that, um, you've helped me work on and that I will continue to be <clears throat> having as a big part of my life, because it does keep me in the energy of my, my being and, and understanding those energy centers. Um, but I think to, to back up before I get a little bit more specific with questions I have for you, um, <clears throat> you mentioned all the work you've done, all the certifications and, and the, really the path of your career. But one thing that's always stood out to me about you is, um, well, one, you're sort of like my cosmic big sister. Like I yes. just looking in a mirror and you were in the fitness industry and you're a coach and you've had a very transformative, even just coaching career. And so I'd love for you to um, tell the listeners a little bit more about who you are in the way or by the way of your journey through 
your adult life and career and, and, um, what that was like, because you joke sometimes, like I was a total nerd, like I was out there. I was wacko. Like nobody, you know, believed in what I said. I was woo woo before woo woo was cool. And that can sort of segue us into the current climate of, of this work. Um, but I would just love for you to share a little bit more about your experience into this work. Wow. So we, so we definitely have three hours on this, right? Um, because, <laughs> well, well, like, I, I also just want to say one thing before I, I get into a total me <laughs> narrative. Um, your courage, anyone's courage that is, it's a required key code into this level of living, this, this rising of consciousness that I'm talking about, um, which I could give you more meat around what I mean by that. Um, but, but it's basically arising from consciousness from like a place in our brains where we are more worried about survival. Fight, it, it, you know, we have a fight or flight response and then we have a reactive response one being um higher than the other reactive is higher than than fight or fight you know luckily we're above you know worried worrying about the woolly mammoths getting us but now we're in the reactive state of consciousness we're worried about you know a mean text a mean text has turned into the same kind of physio our brains react to a mean text the way that it did to physiologically did to uh the woolly mammoth maybe not to an extreme extreme of that, but it, there's gradations of um, accuracy in, in that statement. But my acknowledgement of you is it takes a lot of courage, a lot of courage. And if you, I've showed you um, David Hawkins' map of consciousness, but all energy, all emotions are energy. And they found a way to actually measure the energy frequency of emotions. And courage um, is kind of like, it, it resonates at a certain vibration and courage is kind of the requirement for um, un, the, the next levels of awareness of raising consciousness, um, which above that is moving more into intuition and creative and higher guidance. So I just acknowledge your courage and also willingness. So willingness is above courage. Mm. Um, it takes a, 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 as my kids would say, a shipload of, of willingness to put yourself in, an, in a vulnerable open-hearted state uh, because one of the most vulnerable um, and it's a gateway statements that you can make if you are here as a student of the spirit, you know, a student of spirit is, I don't know. Cause that, that very statement, well, I don't know, is a disengagement of this, the controlling mind, the mind that's there to um, protect us that thinks it needs to be in charge. But when you actually say, I don't know, you're, you're by definition moving into a higher vibration. I mean, you should try it. Like even, even saying the words, like your listeners, like right now, just, just say the words, like, I don't know. And that is a gateway and a key code into the higher vibrations, starting with courage mm -hmm. and willingness. And because in that moment you become more, you're, you're actually, if you're really saying it authentically, your brainwaves shift. Mm. Um, into more re receptive brain waves. That's a whole nother conversation. But um, so yes, that I just want to acknowledge you. you. Uh, and, you know, in terms of my own journey, it's been this perfectly imperfect huh, universe within and of itself. And um, it's taken me a very, very long time. Uh, I think I've shared this with you. I had a 
uh, mentor teacher say, oh, you're like the cockroach. I'm like, what do you mean? That's not really nice. She's like, well, I am one too. And, you know, basically cockroaches, um, you know, if there was a nuclear bomb, they would be the only ones left. They would survive, you know, the way that they're, you know, whatever systems, physiology, you know, the biology of a cockroach would have them live even if there was a, a, a nuclear, whatever. And I'm like, and what she was saying is that my mind has uh, that kind of resilience, mm. that kind of wanting to stay attached um, for its illusion of survival and uh, its illusion of thriving. And so surviving and thriving with my mind has um, been quite the journey. And, uh, and inside of that, I am, um, you know, I, I am, am very much, I'm rooted uh, in my, uh, my root chakra. I, I, I am a creator. I, I, I manifest like, you know, when I have my, what I, as you know, my clients are my goddesses. I don't call them clients or my goddesses that come to me because I, I have, I don't just talk about having, you know, a, an abundant life. Like I am, oh, by the grace of goddess, I have so much that I'm so blessed to have and so grateful. It wasn't always that way. You know, I lived in New York city in a studio apartment uh, in my twenties and lived at, in the fitness um, industry, which was not an industry then this was yeah. like, you know, early mid eighties. And, and I, have shared, you know, I, people would ask me what I do and I'd be like, Oh, I go up and down, you know, park Avenue basically. And I go into these amazing apartments and work out with these amazing women and, you know, take them through exercise programs. And people would like, look at me and inevitably someone would say, cause I have blonde hair. They would say, are you from California? You must be from California. That, cause you know, one, no one knew what a personal trainer was. And two, um, only people from California could do such a thing. Yeah. So, so that, you know, and, and the reason why I got into fitness was because I have a hard time with using this term, my awakening experience. Cause for me awakening, I'm like, when people say, well, my awakening, they give me the date. I'm like, well, give me the date you were born because your actual awakening is when your soul landed mm. and you know, give me, you know, yours is December 9th. That was your <laughs> awakening. And, 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 from then until now, it's just awakening more. So my, let's call it awakening, big awakening Satori moment was um, in my teenage years, I did a, a program, which back then it was called, it was after the S training, it was called Forum. And then I did, it was, now it's called Landmark. And I did, you know, that was like a huge, whoa, like that was, I, I, I call it that the universe gives us three options. If we don't awaken, it's either a feather, a fast moving car, fast moving train, you know, you will at some point be awakened, whether it's in this life or another. Um, so it was a fast moving train for me. And I got in that work um, that I was at creatorship, that I created the whole thing, that everything that I made up about my childhood or whatever, and look, there were some things in my childhood that were not okay. There are some things that I, when I'm, you know, playing and doing the work with my goddesses that are not okay. There was some stuff that happened in your life that it wasn't okay yet. It's, it's, and I, at that time I didn't have this context. Now I have the context that we created all, we created the whole thing before we even got here. It's like we wrote our, our biographies. We wrote our autobiographies 
in what I call the crystal cave and we made our soul agreements. We made those soul contracts so that we could get messy in this lifetime, roll up our sleeves. You know, um, one of my teachers says this and I love it. She defines the, the, the soul as like, like when I had little kids, like they, they run around, they fall down, they scrape their knees, they get bloody noses, they snot all over themselves sometimes, you know, like stuff happens to your soul. But who you are as spirit that informs your soul, that like is trying to cut, that's like trying to cut, use a knife in the middle of the air. Like you can't do it. Like your spirit's impenetrable. So the, the spirit that you are as the soul you become comes here to go through a lot. So um, I discovered and, and awakened to that concept and that my life really could be devoted to something bigger than itself. Um, and that the past left, not completed left the past, not left in the past, which I know, you know what that means at this point, maybe some of your listeners still don't the paths, not left in the past becomes your future. And, you know, those of you listening, if, if you leave with one thing, I, I went very cosmic in a lot of my, what I've been talking about, but that's a very grounded statement. So if you haven't done that work to leave the conditioning that happens between zero to six, and it's all, all divinely orchestrated to be this way, yes, it's brain science, but it's also divine science, divinely orchestrated that we are that which occurs because that's when our brain gets developed. And, and as in this, the, the second cosmic law, energy, all energy has coding and patterning and information. And that information gets imprinted with coding that gets imprinted on the brain for the various reasons it does. And that's then becomes the future. So it's not so hard to see what someone's future is going to be if mm. they haven't done the work. Mm. And you know how you know that? Think about the last time one of your like old friends that you, you know, love and you, you kind of like, I don't know, college friend or high school friend, you know, I'm not talking about like the, the, the friend you met in a, in a soul sister moon circle or whatever. I'm talking about, you know, like more of your three, third dimension, like, and, and you love her. And she calls you and she says, I met the guy this time I met the guy. And what do you think in your head? What do you think? You think? It sounds like the same story I've heard before. Yeah. It's, but even she doesn't have to tell you the story. You're just like, uh-oh, here we go again. Like, we know for each other that we replay the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result, as in our patterns replay themselves, because they're, it's all neural networking. It's all a matter of systems that create this in the brain and in the body, by the way, it's not just the brain. Neuroscience will prove that it's pattern in neuro, you know, neural networking, but it's also patterns in the brain and patterns in your energy centers. So left un, ex, left uninvestigated, left uh, non-transmuted. And by the way, transmutation is a more powerful um, realm than transformation because transformation you're still working with that which is. Transmutation is really like, it's no longer even changed. It's not transformed. It's like gone. And you and I have done um, some subconscious patterning work called mental emotional release that, that actually does that. There's a lot 
there's more than that that does that. That happens to be the one that I'm certified in. So back to the, to the story, I had my uh, original awakening. And, and for me, for, for many of us, it is, oh, I'm not my mind. I'm not the conversation I am in my head. So I had that when I was like 16, 17. And, and then I think everything unfolds from there, at least in the West. I think in the East, there might be different awakening um, trajectories. But everything unfolded from, from that moment. And my life became this magical, miracle amusement park. Yet there's some scary rides in that amusement park. There's some, hmm. you know, dark tunnels in that amusement park. There's some, you know, and and what I say in in every, you know, anytime I'm doing like an intro workshop or in the initial phases of uh, the entry to my 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 guiding is if we could get better at getting, and you said it before, that dissension, that the the ship stuff. The shippy stuff that happens is actually in service of anchoring us so that we can ascend more. So when you had your teeth knocked out, literally your mind knocked out the day after a full ascension. Now, by the way, I'm not saying it's always going to happen like that. You don't have to be wary of the miracle showing up or wary of that which you really want, or I should say yearn for showing up and something bad happening. Yet, if we could get better at looking at those moments as moments that build more neuroscaffolding, or as one of my teachers says, circuitry um, in our systems so that we can handle more later. Because what you did mm-hmm. was really, and all that process and the story, I'm sure your listeners have heard it, um, that you had to go through. You ended up spending a week with your family. There was all these things that you had to like, go through as a being that you wouldn't have gone through otherwise. Mm-hmm. So that being in your new home, which you are right now, is the magical experience of ascension mm-hmm. that was the point in the first place. So mm-hmm. it's, it's you know, I, I draw it as a horizontal and, and vertical access across. Um, it just happens to be across that you can't, you can't go up without going down. And, and that is in the, um, the, the stage of vibration that we're of polarity, and they, they really talk about that. It's it's the 11th chakra where, where polarity exists. In the infinite, in the universe, in the divine of the divine, there really is no polarity. But as we get more, as we get denser and come into this time and space continuum, we, we do have polarity, male, female, up, down, happy, sad, um, fear, love, you know, polarity does, does exist. And that's, and that tension point between the two is what creates vibration and life and more frequency. Mm. So it doesn't mean tension always has to exist, but it's like a bridge. A bridge wouldn't be held up if there wasn't a, a tension, meaning a force that was constantly Mm -hmm. in competition with one another Mm -hmm. to suspend the bridge. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of how we are. Mm-hmm. And uh, we've got to get better at contextualizing that. Now, in my life, I have certainly had to have things show up that were, the, again, a fast-moving train. If I got, you know, for me, it was always a matter of getting back in my head. If I got too much further back into my head versus living life a life of wonder from my bodily experience, because what is mindfulness? Mindfulness is just 
being able to be present enough to the conversation that you mm-hmm. that's going on and recognizing that you're not that. So what I see if you can follow this. One of the, one of my ahas, I was in the uh, you know another whatever five day course somewhere retreat. I can't even remember where it was, but I remember the aha. And I had this moment where I got I the movie I have running about myself in my head is not the movie that people see. Mm. Does that does that translate? Like it was a real aha. I was like, oh, I live as if my husband can see and you know, like sees my conversation, sees my movie. And if it's not out in the world, he's what he's seeing is something different than what I'm thinking that he's seeing. Mm-hmm. And the operative word there was what? Thinking. Uh-huh. Thinking. So it's been a real jury. And as many poets talk about, Rumi included, the, 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 the longest journey, the hardest journey, the most rigorous journey you're ever going to take is moving from the head to the heart. So it has been a long journey of happenings, including moving overseas, um, living on, an, on other soil. Which, by the way, when I uh, look at now, I realize that all the travel, because I'm a, that's one of my highest values, is uh, luxury travel. I don't, never done a lot of backpacking, but I love traveling to nice places, staying in nice places. But a lot of my travel in the world, and including temples and sacred ground, has been led by um, needing to upload the, the earth, the vortex. Every place you go, there is an energet- energetics to it. So I, you know, when I was six, I spent over six months or more, I think, in Egypt. I was in the pyramids, in places and tunnels in in Egypt, in those pyramids that are now closed. Um, they don't let them, you know, people, tourists go in anymore. Uh, I spent years in Mexico City, not knowing at the time, as a little girl, that that's also a powerful vortex. I've been to sacred ground in New Zealand, lived in New Zealand, Australia, um, traveled to Bhutan, Bali, you know, the list goes on. Italy, one of my favorite places on the planet, France, you know, all these places where I've been to and didn't, didn't realize while I was standing on the ground that I was uploading information into my system, into my energy centers mm. to help build scaffolding that I didn't even know I was missing. So mm. many of you have had experiences and being, or you're, and you're being led by your team, which are your guides, because we all have them. And you don't even know it. Mm. So a lot of my, a lot of, that's why a lot of, you know, when I connect the dots, looking back into my past, and that's, that's why you're not going to get a lot of my story out of me anymore. It's because I more share from the energy of the ahas that I've had, that my life has been this tapestry and even the stuff that has been just heart-wrenching and vomit on the, what's my phrase? Vomit on the bathroom floor moments, which I've had, has been a tapestry of of happenings that were for me, not against me. And I, I, we talked about that the other day, you and I, and when, and the things that seem like they're the most not for you are the most for you. Mm. The things that hurt the most. I'm not saying that we want to generate these moments or attract them or whatever, but there is a divine order to you, to your life. So a lot of my work with goddesses is having you drop in and remember and be in touch with 
you as the devotional almost temple that you are and connect the dots of all of what has happened in your life, whether you're 20, 40, 60, 80, as this tapestry of happenings that has created the goddess that you are. Mm. And by goddess, my definition of goddess, and you know I'm rolling out a program that is all about this, is a sovereign, divine being embodied in a feminine form. So when you get your sovereignty, when you get your divinity, when you get that you are a devotional practice, and I mean, not just what you do, and by the way, a requirement of the divine age, which is what I just said in realization, the divine age to me is realizing and living from what I just said. That's what I'm looking forward to in this collective conscious mm -hmm. shift. Rituals and ceremony, uh, no longer a luxury. And, you know, I post this all over my Instagram. I put it everywhere because if you don't have ceremony and rituals, which, by the way, ain't new for the human being, you know, we have so much to learn from indigenous culture. I, I get, I'm getting soul bumps. I'm getting complete resonance. Can you feel that in your body? Like I, I, we have so much to thank the grandmothers of the grandmothers of the grandmothers of grandmothers, especially the ones that have lived from the earth because they had a right. We just forgot. So we have to remember that devotional practice, which, you know, you should see how I'm set up. Like here, I've got my, you know, I've got my flame, which is an activation for my energy centers, my soul, my heart. I've got my, you know, I've got my 11th chakra rose crystal, you know, I've got my, I, 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 I mean, I go extreme because I believe that I have to embody, add in, I have to be extreme until the planet shifts with me, you know, like it's mm -hmm. the disruption, like you kind of, to be, to, to make, you know, as in, they say, um, Malcolm Gladwell says in Blink, like the outliers can hold a vibration, or maybe he doesn't say this, this is what I infer from the outlier, is that that person can actually hold a frequency and a vibration to be so much outside of like the norm and they're holding a level of consciousness that they can shift the whole thing. And, mm -hmm. and if you, you go back to David Hawkins, who wrote power versus force and um, stages and he did the math of consciousness, it only takes one person who resonates at those higher, higher frequencies, which is what makes me understand why Tony Robbins can fill a stadium and, and deliver and, and give his soul to 60,000 people. I think that's what his virtual event was recently, or maybe it wasn't that much, but you know, he has the ability to hold this vibration and shift the vibration of others because he's living it. So some mm -hmm. of us have to be a little extreme, disruptive until the whole thing cracks open. And I call it punching a hole in the universe. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that as sacred sisters, um, a key code and requirement of, of the divine age is, is practicing devotional ceremony because you are devotional ceremony. You're very being, being here, every cell in your body, every given, every moment, like right now, right now, right now, right now, a cell is, uh, reintegrating, um, learning about the other cells in the body, uh, figuring it out, 
handling what's there and it, you know in in a in a sacred blood flow getting mm -hmm. oxygenated i mean the whole thing is devotion mm -hmm. and we just have to practice that in what way feels right for us mm -hmm. and this is what indigenous cultures did mm. for thousands of years we just forgot and I, I, i'll say this other piece about women and and um ceremony i uh did something a few years ago uh, another retreat a women's retreat which was full of ceremony and up until that point i hadn't done a tremendous amount of like i didn't have a devotional my i didn't i hadn't had this distinction yet in my life and I just had this aha because the whole thing was like ceremony after ceremony after ceremony. And I could see from the beginning of the this experience to the end of the retreat, women dropping in and relaxing more and trusting more and feeling more belonging, which are all uh, first and second chakra needs. I could feel more and more of the everything shifting for all of us, but it was in a collective shift too. And I just, it was like, oh my goddess this is what women have forgotten. We go to Starbucks and complain about our boyfriends or our husbands. I mean, that's our ceremony. Like, let's go have coffee. Let's go get jacked up and complain and have the narrative and tell our stories about what's not working in our life. That has become ceremony. Now, I'm not saying we're not going to, I'm human. I have my moments, though I don't do that. I do other, I have other versions of, you know, my human experience. Yet, we got to up our game. Like, you know, one of the things I say often in, in my retreats is, do you talk to your soul sisters as much about your vision as you do about what's not working in your life? Mm. Like, what's the percentage you've, what's the percentage airtime that you're giving your created future over a past that doesn't need to be neural networked anymore? It's already, it's had its time in the sun. If you don't want it, stop talking about it. And I don't mean avoid it. Do the work, get a coach, work with you, you Garrett, you know, find, find someone who resonates for you. If you can't untangle it, which has been the story of my life, because I get so tangled that I need, and I, I, I have chosen, you know, structures and outside sources to help me untangle because I now can actually use all of that to inform my play in the world. So, I mean, it's all been this divine you know, group of um, uh, happenings that mm. has me be here today, including living in New York for 25 years, including, mm. you know, my sex in the city, which I, I love that life and the, the high beta frequency of the brain that I was living in and the male energy of it. And I could never, ever have my body go through that again. Mm. You know, where I'm, I'm, I'm at now is, in in devotion and and however that looks you know my play in the world is is a devotional practice being with you right now is a devotional practice um making my tea in the morning is a devotional practice mm. eating food you know i don't want to make it so out there that it's not like usable like this stuff is you like life like mm -hmm. right now right now right now because life you know Another one of my teachers' life, what, what does he say? Um, this is you know, one of my Satori teachers, uh, Werner Earhart, you know, say life, ha life happens at you. Like something like the gun is pointed at you all the time, you know, fires at you. Life happens, fire, very masculine, fires at you 
every moment. So how are we going to be? And what's interesting is the more that we drop in to our bodies and the breath that we really are. See, we live at that, we are our body having a breath, right? No, we are the breath having a body. And by the way, what's the one thing if we didn't have, we wouldn't be here. I mean, for sure, de facto breath, right? So, and we all have it. And the other part to this, oh gosh, I haven't been going on forever. See, Garrett, you got me started. Um, you good to stop you. What, what is the, you know, what has been the pain point statement of this whole year? I can't breathe. What? I can't breathe. Oh, soul bumps, right? Do you feel that? Do you feel mm -hmm. that in your body? And what we're being called forth to remember is our breath is who we are. And mm -hmm. we all have it. And we all are the womb for each other's breathing. Mm -hmm. You can't breathe. I can't breathe. Sorry. That's how it goes. It's no longer just about your breath and my breath and I'm good. You're not. Now that doesn't mean codependency. That doesn't mean I'm going to uh, splat myself all over you. I'm going to be here deeply connected to my breath as being the, to lack of better words, the, the role model, the embodiment of a deep connected channel breather. And by being that, you can take a deeper breath. Mm -hmm. Right? Absolutely. You can feel it. Like when you're around somebody mm. that's like, I think I always think of my brother too, or or even you, like that's just so present and, and anchored. It makes a huge difference. I am. Um, really good point. And that goes back to like higher vibrational people being a, being the shifters, mm -hmm. being the, the conscious consciousness shifters. I yeah. remember being in a room um, with Adashanti, which, you know, there's not that many people on the planet resonating at these like way high frequencies, but that guy, whoa, he would walk in the room and I, we'd be in silent meditation. My eyes would be closed. I'm like, oh, he's here. Mm. He's in the room. I would open, you know, open my eyes yeah. right there. Cause you can feel, mm. and he was more, this is the illusion. We think, oh, that person's really connected to the cosmos. He's like out there. No, he's no. like, he's, he's so here mm -hmm. in devotion. Every step the guy took, I'm sure he's got his human, just like I do. Just like I do. I, you know, love my champagne. I love my, you know, stevia sweet and chocolate. I love whatever I love. You know, I, I'm human. And I'm sure he is too, but wow, as a space mm. holder for the cosmos inside of a body, inside breath, mm -hmm. inside presence, being here. Mm. Mm. And you know, what's also really interesting about that is uh, this relates to my story is, you know, when I look back and, and being in New York and the, the, the high beta frequency waves I was living from, my brain was functioning from, and you know, from that, you can be so, it's like a chemical cocktail of creativity. You know, I accomplished a lot and I worked in corporate and I ran a $30 million budget for um, educate, uh, tra training of the product deliverers in, in one of the biggest health club companies on the East Coast. And uh, even though what I really did was set up programs to transform the members um, through them, but I didn't. 
no one really knew that. <laughs> they wanted it more like, you know, research science and stuff. But but we did do a lot of, you know, transforming the transformers. Mm. Um, you know, all that stuff. I, I felt so creative. I felt in, in, and I think there's time in the sun for that feeling. But I, I really, one of the things I'm experiencing with women is we want another way. Like we don't want to be, and I, I think that's what you and I are going through mm -hmm. with you. It's like, it's like, how can we create in this fierce sorceress, like, um, in, in, impenetrable, impenetrable, is that even a word? Force field that we are in our channel and to use a overused word, be in the flow mm -hmm. of our connection to the divine and our connection to the, the fundamental purpose of why we're here and be delivering moment to moment. Cause you, you've had those days now. I've had the, I have those days. They're not every day. Some days I'm improving. Some days I'm in fear. Oh no, business, blah, 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 blah. You know, but I, I, I can catch it now. Like mm -hmm. when they did the, the research with monks on mindfulness in their brains, what they find in, in what, what was so fascinating about that, that research that Richard Davidson did was that it monks who meditated for hours and hours a day, weeks on end, years on years, it's not that they didn't still have moments where they would go into lower brainstem fear or, or moments, but the refractory period was less. Mm. That's what we're kind of like, if we have an intention, it's being in devotional practice so that you don't get hooked for mm -hmm. as long, that your hook ability is, continues to get decreased mm. that you can you can flip and create context for whatever shows up as for you not happening to you but happening for mm -hmm. you and really bathe yourself not just in that thought but in the vibration of the the where the, that the level of consciousness that it requires to bathe yourself in that vibrationally like through your body do you get what i mean like literally mm -hmm. oozing in that because when you really get that don't you feel it like I feel it all up and down my channel and hmm. I'm like ah oh, that friend you texted me that thing that really hurt me that actually was for x y or z like you kind of can and then yeah. your whole body relaxes all right what a cliffhanger here we are going to pause for today and tune in for more from Alexandra tomorrow wherein we go a little bit further into the discuss discussion sorry, of plant medicine, of neural networking, of Joe Dispenza's work, of the trend in the coaching industry to sell steps and tips that are completely uh, unique to that person and not really guiding what the difference between guiding and coaching really is. And then again, as mentioned earlier, a lot more of my own specific lessons from my work with Alexandra. So hopefully some of these more high level topics will land for you when you can see how they are, they have been applied in my life and continue to be applied. So thank you again to Alexandra for coming on to this podcast and stay tuned for part two with her tomorrow.